Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, good to have you tuning in today here at uh, Greater Alton Church. My name's Tim, and um, we're at, we have a, we're uh, doing a sermon series called "Going Viral," and uh, here we have now. It's what over five weeks we've been just spread out as a church, but that's a good thing. And when you stop and think about it, because uh, we carry something inside us—maybe not a disease or a virus—but we carry something good inside us that God wants us to spread. And that's the life of Christ. If you uh, got your notes with you, you can get those on greateraltonchurch.org or you can just follow along uh, here with the PowerPoint um, and uh, read along with me. But it says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 10, we carry, Paul said this, we carry the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the life of Christ can also be seen in our bodies. So Paul says, yeah, we're carrying something, but it's something that we want people to see, we want people to catch, and it's the life of Christ. It's And the life of Christ consists of his love, his joy, his peace, and his patience. And that's what I wanna talk about today, is about about spreading God's patience. Now I read this, I read this uh, a definition for patience, and it's it goes like this. It's the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering, without getting angry or upset. It's a pretty good definition when you stop and think about it. Now, when the Bible talks about patience, it talks about patience in two ways, in two areas in our life. It gives two ideas. Let me give those to you here. The first idea is when we think about patience, the Bible's talking about persevering in or through difficult times. Um, look at this passage here in Romans 12, verse 12. It says, endure trials patiently. And so there's things that happen to us, trouble that happens, things don't go as they, as, as we planned. I mean, think about it. This year we started with, you know, with a, this theme, uh, open our eyes, you know, Lord, open the eyes of our heart, Lord. And who knew that we were going to be getting just into, inside this year and having a COVID epidemic, um, affect the whole world, affect our routine. It just, it just messed it all up. And, and I got to admit to you, you know, here I am doing a lesson on patience and this week, I found so much, so many things happening to me that was trying my patience. And, and it's not just the social distancing and the limiting as to what we can do. It's just everything because life continues to go on even through a pandemic. And so sometimes we need to endure. We, we endure through uh, trials. Another idea the Bible puts out there when it comes to patience is putting up with difficult people. Uh, wait a minute now, don't be thinking about them yet. I haven't asked you to do that, but you're probably thinking about difficult people this week, even this week. Look at the Bible says, be patient with difficult people. That's probably one of the most difficult verses to obey, huh? Am I right? Yeah. It's And, and if you think about it, difficult times and difficult people, sometimes like Ghostbusters, the, the streams cross and we get a double dose. That sometimes the trouble we're having and the trials we're having are from these difficult people as well. Now, one of the things I'm really happy about is, is that Jesus was patient while experiencing both. That's what I notice Here in 2 Thessalonians, in uh, chapter 3, verse 5, look at the Bible says here. Paul says to the church at Thessalonica, we pray that the Lord will lead your hearts into God's love and Christ's patience. I, know, I didn't realize that the Bible talks about Christ's Patience, And you think about it, he was. He's a very patient person. Uh, he did endure suffering and trials. Think about what he endured in Gethsemane 
or uh, the trials uh, would, and, and, and trouble at the cross. The Bible says in Hebrews that he endured the cross. So he, he knows how to, he's familiar with suffering. He understands what it means to endure through trials, but also with people. Jesus showed extreme patience when everybody else would have probably pulled their hair out with these, with, with people. Uh, I don't know if you got this uh, little picture, uh, this meme, but I sent it around to some people and it goes like this. It's Jesus teaching on Sermon of the Mountain. He's teaching his disciples and he says, help your neighbors and take care of the poor and helpless. And then someone from the group says, but Jesus, can't we just give our money to the Romans and let them do it for us? And then his response is, okay, I'm going to start from the beginning. And you can let me know where I lost you. And I don't know about you guys, but there's times when uh, these guys, his disciples drove Jesus crazy. They didn't, they didn't seem to catch it quick enough. Or he'd run into people that were, they would pick on him or reject him or ridicule him. And you talk about making, you know, trying your patience, yet getting a little thin. I think Jesus had those moments. Yet he was merciful, patient with people who messed up, screwed up. That were, that were hard on him, tough on him. Um, I wish I could say I w- I'm patient during tough times. I wish I could say I endure through tough times. I don't always do a good job. Sometimes I want to quit. How about you, huh? And with difficult people, we run into them all the time. And sometimes difficult people uh, can make you want to quit on them. Uh, I read this quote. I don't know who it's from. It says, patient, listen, get this. This is kind of like... I think what we deal with patience is something you admire in the driver behind you, but not in the one ahead of you. <laughs> and that's true. We struggle with patience already. I'm hearing people say, man, I can't wait for, you know, let's get the economy back going up. Or when are they going to lift up this social distancing restriction? And, and, you know, when can we get things back to normal, so to speak? And I don't even know if we ever will get back to normal. I don't even think we're supposed to get back to normal, to be honest. We'll talk about that a little later. But endurance, patience with people and with problems is just not in our nature. We get frustrated very quickly and we lose our tempers. But when you follow Christ, I'm going to tell you as a Christian, when you follow Christ, you can learn and grow to be a patient person. I'm not sure if you ever heard of this phrase. Maybe you have. Patience is a virtue. I don't hear it so often, but it's true. I looked up the word virtue. What does he mean by patience is a virtue when when somebody says that? Well, they're saying that it's something that's a benefit. A virtue is a benefit. It's an asset. It's a blessing. It's a plus in life. And the Bible agrees with this, that patience is a virtue. And it's a valuable blessing in your life. You want to learn to be a patient person. Let me give you some examples. Here's a proverb in Proverbs 16. Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than conquer a city. What's he talking about there? Well, he's talking about it's better to be patient than somebody who's strong and, and, and runs over people. Alexander the Great was known for being a very powerful person. He took numerous cities and, uh, and, and uh, conquered uh, nations. And he was so powerful and so strong, but he lacked patience. And history records that he would lose his temper and he even executed his some of his best friends. He didn't have patience. He had power, but he didn't have patience. Abraham Lincoln, on the other hand, he had power and he had patience. After the Civil War and the South was destroyed, decimated, what's he do? He had a chance to crush them. Instead, he decides to rebuild the South. 
And so you see a patient person that's powerful. And by the way, patience is more powerful. You want, you want someone to possess patience, not just power. Uh, it's, it's very beneficial. I, Cicero said this, fewer men are found who conquer their own lusts than that overcome the armies of the enemies. And it's true. It's hard to find patient people. It's rare. But it's more, it's more important. It's more influential. It's more beneficial than having control and power and prestige and position in your life. Proverbs 25 says it this way. Patient persuasion can break down the strongest resistance and can even convince rulers. What's he saying there? The value of patience. How is it a plus in your life? Well, it's very influential. When you're patient, you have great influence on people and on situations. It makes a, you, you make a great impact in people's lives, in your family, in your spouse, in your children. And Hebrews 6 says it this way. We don't want you to be lazy. We want you to be like those who, because of their faith and patience, will get what God has promised. I'll tell you, a lot of times I don't get what God promises because I get in a hurry. It's when I'm patient, when I hang in there, when I refuse to quit, when I'll endure then I get to experience what God has promised. So how do I spread patience in the world? That's a good question. Well, the answer is I spread patience in the world when I develop patience in my life. And so that's what I want to talk about. How do I do that? How do I develop patience in my life? How does it, how does it work? How does it grow in, in your life? Well, number one, patience develops when your faith is tested. You, you gotta have a problem to produce patience. You ever ask God, give me patience? I have, sure you have. When, when do you ask? I'll tell you when you don't ask. You don't ask God for patience when it's good. I never have said, God, give me patience because my kids are behaving. No, I'm too busy thanking God. Thank you, God, because the kids are behaving. No, I don't ask God for patience when things are good. No, I ask you for patience when things are tough. See, I don't need to develop. I don't need or need to develop patience when things are good. I don't need it. See, patience develops best in the times that you need it the most. And when do you need it the most? When it's tried, when your faith is tested. Look at this passage in James, a very familiar passage we use when we talk about God developing our character with trouble. This is in the ICB, the International Children's Bible. And look what it says. My brothers, you will have many kinds of troubles. If you've got your notes there, would you circle will, you will, and it says many kinds of troubles. They come in all shapes and sizes and come at any time. And he says, you will have them. Just because you're Christian doesn't mean you're insulated from problems. Oh, you might avoid a few. You might avoid some trouble, of course. A righteous life will do that. But you don't, you don't avoid all trouble. You're going to find, you're going to experience, you're going to have many kinds. It will happen. It says, and it says, but when these happen, not if, but when these happen, you should be very happy. Are you kidding me? James, are you crazy? What do you mean? Happy? How can I be happy? Why should I be happy? I'm never happy when bad things happen to me. He says, you need to choose it, Tim. You need to choose being happy. Why? Well, look at the next verse. He says, you know that these things are testing your faith. And this will give you patience. That's a promise. That when you have trials and you choose the right attitude, the results are patience. See, trouble is designed to test you and I. It's designed to stretch us and it's designed 
to change us. So as your trouble and and all and and people and trials test your faith, God promises, I want to give you some patience here. And you must choose a certain attitude if it's to take place. And it's an attitude of hope, an attitude of joy. Now, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've been going through the last five weeks. But I'd like you to do an emotional inventory. Just to ask yourself, how have I been feeling? How have, how have I been handling what's been happening to me? How am I handling the people in my life that test my faith? How am I handling the trials and the problems that are testing my faith? Now, why would you do that? Because your attitude, the attitude you choose, listen, the attitude you choose is going to choose the results. Think about that. The attitude you choose is going to choose the results. If you choose to be bothered and busted and mad and, and discouraged and say, I've had it and give up, you're going to get some pretty sick results. But if you choose God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you're going to do something in this trial. You're going to, you're giving me patience working with this person. I'm going to anticipate that. He'll grant that. He'll make that possible. So I don't want to challenge you with something here this morning. And that is don't waste this trouble you're in right now. It is going to pass, folks. The coronavirus is going to come and go like all the others. All the other uh, tra tragedies and trouble that we've experienced as a nation, as, pe as people. And I'm saying don't waste it. Don't listen to me. Don't make your primary focus like this. When will we get back to normal? Who are you kidding? Normal? You want to go back to normal? Let's see, what does that look like? When I wasn't as spiritually focused? When I was comfortable? Hmm, what is normal? What do you mean by normal? Well, I just want to be able to go to work. Yeah, but I want you to know, we're, never go we're not going to be normal after this. In fact, you may be after normal. God is after change. Something needs to change in your life and in my life. And God is going to use this trouble. He's going to use a person to develop this. So let this happen. Let this opportunity. Don't let it slip away. You may miss the way it used to be. Don't miss the opportunity for God to change you. Because that's what he's going to do. That's what he wants to do. That's what he promises to do. Number two... Patience develops my appreci by appreciating God's patience. That's the second thing. God, I, my patience is somehow connected to my gratitude to God's mercy. Look at the Bible. I, this, I, I found this verse and I didn't. I couldn't shake it. Okay, that's why it's in this lesson. Proverbs nineteen eleven. A person's insight gives him patience, and his virtue is to overlook an offense. Uh, what is he talking about? A person's insight gives them patience. What's the word insight mean? It means to be aware of something, to understand something. Yes, it does. Well, what is the insight? What is the insight that I need to have to give me patience? Is it a bigger picture? Maybe if I see the purpose or a bigger picture, then to see the why behind something, that does help me to understand what and how long to go through something and to be patient with it. I have to admit that's true. The Apostle Paul talked about, I'll put up with anything 
and anybody to win anyone to Christ. Jacob worked 14 years for his wife, Rachel. And it said, the Bible says it seemed like only days because the bigger picture was I want to I want to have this woman as my wife. And so he's willing to go through anything. He's willing to endure anything, no matter how much time. Well, maybe it's the, maybe and that may be it. That may be the insight that gives me patience. And I, I have to admit, when I know God is behind it and God is working, I have extreme patience. I, I grow in my patience. I'll say that. Maybe not extreme. I grow in my patience. But I also notice maybe it's the backstory. Maybe the insight is, well, if I knew the backstory, because there's times when I'm very impatient with somebody, but then I find out what they're going through. And all of a sudden I become a change because I've heard their backstory. You see what I'm talking about? Maybe that's the insight. And it's, 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 I think that's partially true. Well, let me give you an insight that develops patience with others. And that's the awareness of God's patience with you. When I'm aware of how, God, how patient God is with me and I get that little bit of understanding, that little bit of insight, it begins to temper how I see and treat others. Uh, Peter uses this insight. He's, he wants people to get this idea, this ability to see this insight in uh, 2 Peter 3. And it's Peter that's talking. Imagine, Peter, you know he tried the Lord's patience. Think about all the times he... He made, I don't know how Jesus didn't, like I say, didn't pull his hair out, choke him or something. Going, don't you? What's wrong with you? But he's he still keeps giving Peter that second chance. He keep lets Peter stick his foot in his mouth. He lets Peter learn, and he he doesn't give up on him. He sees Peter as a pebble, but he sees him as a diamond in the rough, and that's why he sticks with him. And I notice that Peter remembers that. And so he shares that in this letter here. And he says, God is being patient with you. He reminds him, by the way, you need to know something. God is being patient with you. Now, how does he know that? Because he knows God has been patient with him. God is being patient with you. And he says, he doesn't, not, he doesn't want anyone to be lost, but everyone to change his heart and life. I noticed something in this passage. That is that you know, God's patience with me is for me. It's for me. It's to change me. It, be, it helps me to see that it's for everybody else. That God doesn't want me just to keep, oh, thank you, Lord, for that little tidbit, that little nugget of assurance. It gives me hope, but also gets me busy spreading it to anyone and everyone. That's what you listen. That's why you're you're stuck in your neighborhood. That's why you're stuck with your routine. You're going to maybe Walmart or Lowe's every once in a while. Or you're or you're in your neighborhood. Listen, you're there. God has put you there to spread patience. Patience. Well, everybody's getting unnerved. Everybody's getting impatient. They're ready to fly off the handle. You be that person because you know God's been patient with you. You don't fly off the handle with your neighbor. You don't lose it with your 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 teenage son or daughter. Because God has been so patient with me. And he's patient with them too. And I need to be patient with them. Now Jesus illustrates this point about how my patience should be developed and should grow from knowing God's. In Matthew 18, remember the story about the master who uh, finds his servant and he owes him a lot of money. And some people say it's like $10 million. They use that figure and they say he says pay me you owe me this money and the servant says oh please be patient with me and i'll pay it back and the master cancels the debt 10 billion bucks cancels it and then this servant 
is walking along the street and he sees a guy that owes him 10 bucks. 10 bucks. He says, hey man, you owe me 10 bucks. I need that money now. And the guy goes, oh, and he hears the words that don't just come out of his lips moments, of, moments before. Be patient with me and I'll pay it back. And you know what that servant says to him? No, I'm not going to be patient. Throws him in prison. And look at the reaction of Jesus here. Then his master sent for him and said to him, you evil servant. I canceled your entire debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you have treated the other servant as mercifully as I treated you? Now, what was this guy thinking? He was thinking of himself. Thinking of himself. See, impatient people are selfish people. They're thinking about how everything relates to them. They're forgetting. They're forgetting how patient God has been with them. Impatience is a byproduct of pride and self-righteousness. And see, patience is developed when I'm humbled by the mercy and patience God has for me. Again, look at this passage in Romans 2. Paul is speaking here. He says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Paul says, I want you, I want to open your eyes. This, this year, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. And Paul said, I want to open your eyes, Tim. I want to open your eyes, Greater Alton. I want to open your eyes, Church in Rome, to something wonderful. Do you see it? Do you realize, do you see the patience of God and he asked for you? See, patient people are grateful people. And they see, they see how patient God has been with them and how, and how they're patient with that person that's driving them up the wall. And they, and they long and they crave to have the same patience they're experiencing extended to this person. They want to be that way. And when you think about it, God puts up with a lot. Puts up a lot with me, I know that. And he puts up with a lot in you. And doesn't it humble you? It humbles me. And it motivates me. Doesn't it motivate you? To turn, like he says here, from sin to turn from this selfishness, to turn from this narcissistic, I guess, ideal of how everything is happening, how it's relating to me, and get my focus off myself enough to see how God is so good and so merciful. God's patience changes your view, see. When you see God's patience, it will change your view of others. It will change your response to the fault of others. That's why I think Ephesians says it this way. Always be humble and gentle. Patiently put up with each other and love each other. Now let's wrap this lesson up. Here's number three. Patience develops by trusting the Lord. This may be a fundamental thing, but I need fundamentals sometimes. Trusting the Lord is, is hard. It can be difficult, but boy, the rewards of it are so cool. Here in James 7 or James 5, look what it says here. Brothers and sisters, it says, be patient and the Lord, the Lord will come. So be patient until that time. Be patient with God's timing, he's saying. Look at the farmers. They have to be patient. They have to wait for their valuable crop to grow and produce a harvest. They wait patiently. Look at this for the first rain and the last rain. They're in it for the long haul. You must be patient, too. Never stop hoping. The Lord is coming soon. One of the things I realized is that as I was preparing this uh, lesson is that 
one of the major triggers of impatience is when I feel I've been wronged. In other words, insulted or ignored or hurt or someone's been rude or has betrayed me. And when, listen, when you feel you're right and somebody else is wrong, it's easy to grow impatient with them. You almost feel justified. uh, Feeling like you have a right to be angry, you have a right to be upset. How do you overcome that? Well, you've got to remember God is working. God is working. The rain is coming. The judgment, his judgment's coming. He'll settle the score. His justice is coming. I heard somebody say it this way. Somebody will pay for that. Either they will or God will step in and pay for it. You just need to trust the Lord. Trust his justice. Trust his fairness. Look, it says in Psalms 37, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Look at this. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Don't lose your temper. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Let me ask you this morning, what is trying your patience? Who is trying your patience? And how are you responding to the problems and people that are testing your faith? Let me encourage you to trust the Lord. Trust his will. Trust his timetable. Trust his plan. Trust his love. Trust him just like Jesus did. There's a passage that's on the screen, not on your notes, but it's on your screen. It says here in First Peter, Peter said he noticed this about Jesus. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. What's he do? What Jesus do when he's going through the ringer with, with, a, with suffering and with people, with a crowd that's just giving it to him, with a criminal giving it to him, people hurting him, killing him. He says, I'm going to trust the Lord with this. I'll let the Lord work it out. I want to say to you this morning, whatever you're going through, remember, remember how patient God is with you. Remember while you're waiting, God is working and he's going to work it all out and he's going to work it for good. He's going to develop patience in you when you need it. I want to close with this verse because I want to encourage everyone watching, wherever you are, especially members of the Greater Alton Church, I want to encourage you to take up this this passage and really think about what it has to say. The Apostle Paul is talking and he says, But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul's remembering when God had mercy on him. He's remembering what happened to him on the road to Damascus. He's remembering the day, the three days he was blind, the day he was knocked off his horse, blind three days, and the day a fellow came and asked him, what do you wait for? Why don't you get baptized? He, he's remembering the day he trusted the Lord, really trusted the Lord, and followed Jesus. And he says, he realized then, God is, man, he's so merciful, so patient with me. And he's going to use me as a prime example of that for others to see. Would you let God use you that way? 
I mean, I'm thinking, you know, there's only a, a handful of us here. Okay, Caitlin's here, Chelsea's here, Danny's here, Brian's here, Tom's sitting over here, and then I got uh, Kara up here doing PowerPoint. Just a handful is here, and all these empty seats, and I got to thinking where everybody is. And I can't name everybody, I know that. But I got to thinking of different people. You know, I think about Jason and Gina Law and their kids over in Edwardsville, the Batemans, Gary and Susan over in Edwardsville. You're kind of stuck over there. You're spread out over there. Don Yoder, you're probably either in your wood shop or you're sipping down some coffee in your house over here in Bethalto. He calls it Bethalto, but who, who cares? But anyway, I'm just saying is, you know, he's, he's sitting there, you're sitting there, Don, sucking down some coffee, and you're listening to this lesson, and you're spread out there. There's Jim and Suzanne Simpson. You're in over in Holiday Shores along. And then Susie's just a stone throw away from you and your carpenter over there, Susie Larbarger. You got Mike and Kim and Madison and Miranda Giffmeyer. You're over there in Godfrey along with James and Cassie and Morgan and Mary and Dane. You know, there's all kinds of people in Godfrey. I think about Bob and Janet. You know, there you are in your house just a stone throw away from Paul and Jenny Mariolis there on college in Alton. Charlie and Sheila are just down the road here in East Alton. You got Brian and Jafer and William and, you know, the, and there's Bill and Jenny. I, I, you, you guys are just, uh, John, Jim and Nona Quick. You're up in Medora, way up there. Greg, you're sitting in your house. You're sitting somewhere in Roxana. You need to listen to this. You need to listen to this lesson. God's not done with you. He's put you there for a reason. I think about Alan and Chris Hamlin. You know, you're right there off of Henry on 16th. Richard and Megan with the boys over down here by Wood River, by Walmart, and a nice subdivision too. Think about you, Chrissy. I call you George. You know, you're over there. You're in your apartment as well. I think about Elmer Chestnut. He doesn't even have the ability to watch this, but he hears it, and he's in Bunker Hill. Chris and Debbie, you know, there you are between Godfrey and Jerseyville. You got Gary Spurgeon right by Pizza Hut on Godfrey Road. Then there's Roger and Sue. You're up there near Brighton, just north of Brighton. And then you got Ryan Donahue right now is in Honolulu in Hawaii. We're just scared everywhere, aren't we? What's God want to do with us? I want to urge you to let God use you to spread the life of Christ, spread the gospel, spread the greatest message people could hear about Jesus. Spread it with your words, but spread it with your life, with your example. Carry the cross so seriously, like Paul said earlier, that he wants, that people can see God's love, God's joy, inner peace, the peace of Christ, and the patience of Christ in your life. I pray you'll do that. Why don't we pray together and let's close this lesson up. Father, thank you for... Thank you for trouble. And Father, I choose to say that. Because there's times I don't like the trouble. I want to avoid it. Many of us do. But thank you for the trouble. Thank you for the moments that test our faith. Because by faith we believe and we know that you're wanting to produce your character in us. And Lord, I, I, I think about many times where trouble has produced patience in me. But still I'm a wimp. Still I don't want, I don't, I want to avoid it. And Father, I pray that we'll be as a church 
wherever we are, what city we're in, what neighborhood we're in, that we think about the, the homes next to us, across the street from us, behind us, need your patience, need to know that you're patient with them, that we be patient with our family and our friends and our neighbors. And Lord, help us uh, appreciate your great patience for us. So much that it'll motivate us. It'll motivate us to share our faith with our family and friends. During a time we're not to spread anything, help us spread you. We pray in Christ's name.